So here we go. We're gonna start, heaven's gonna start. Tell me a story about Mario going to get ice cream. How does every good, I, I, how does every good story start? Like the bonded time. There's a house with Mario in it. Once upon a time, Mario was feeling hungry. Once upon a time, Mario went to get ice cream. And he got he got in his car and he drank to to quick trip. He put he went to the restaurant and put red gummy bears and green and green and green gummy bears. And he put shoes and chocolate on it. Shoes. <laughs> and chocolate. And then he put mint ice cream in it. Sugar cookies. Chocolate chips. Uh, he also put um he also put a bunch of cherries on it and some raspberries. And then he he ordered it, and then when he came back, he had mushrooms on it. It was a mushroom ice cream all blended up. And he put jelly on it and peanut butter. And he also put whipped cream with a sandwich. He cut the sandwich in half and cut them into tiny little pieces and shredded them up and put them on the ice cream. Put bacon on it. He put bacon on it and he put soap on it. Ew. But it's then crazy. what happened? And then there was too much toppings that he had to take all of them off and he was so sad. And then he got just mint with cherries on it. And then by the time he took it all off, it was melted. And then he ate them all and yeah, green trees. And then he went back home and got some hot cocoa. Not Great Parents podcast. I'm Molly and Not Great Parent, and it's my co-host Nathan Martin, also a Not Great Parent. No. Not Great Parent, but proud we've already of had it. we've <laughs> already had this. Not Great filming in that it took us a little longer than normal to set up our 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 scene here. So so we are in what I consider every parent's mode of operation. We are barely holding it together and running as yes. fast as we can. Yep, and just trying to make it work. Patching it together as yes. we go. Yes, exactly. <laughs> We've got a basic plan, but we're figuring out some things along the way. Yeah, we're just, we're just, everything is held together with duct tape and prayers. There so. you go. That's going to be a t-shirt somewhere. But I, I'm sure, I'm it, sure is. it is. And it's I sold at your is. local Walmart. So. Or Tractor Supply or yeah. Home Depot, there wherever. <laughs> I like it. We could brand the Not Great Parent Podcast right on to that. We we'll should get we'll merch. let you know when we have a merch store and we know you all be flocking to it. That's right. Trucker hats. <laughs> Trucker hats. There you go. Producer uh, Sawyer will get us uh, going with some merch. Yep. I feel like he's he's the man to get the merch going. Uh, so I feel like he might be too. We might start with uh, long boards or something long like that. Board. Oh gosh. Long board stickers? Oh, we can yes. sell the heck That's, out of that. Well, that'll be our that'll There be we our go. Future. All the Not Great Parents who longboard. Yes, exactly. I know one. <laughs> One. Well, uh, so 
want to talk about a little bit about our lives and what we've got going on and prioritizing things. And yes, um, we were talking earlier about ice cream. Yeah, exactly. We do a whole episode on ice cream, but that's not what we're really here to talk well, about. Well, I don't know. I spend most of my time thinking about ice cream, so <laughs> maybe maybe we could. I worked for five years, six years, five years as an assistant manager of an ice cream shop, so, so I've got the have, experience with ice cream. You have a lot of ice cream knowledge. That's how my wife, if ever we're having ice cream for the kids, she goes, you know, you really should scoop it. I don't need to scoop it. You're the you're professional. Scoops, and you go, okay, I'll do that. I'll do that. That's fine. Thanks <laughs> you're for- You're like, you're right. I am a professional. It's very easy to flatter me. Yeah. So. <laughs> Have Nathan scoop your ice cream. But you know, there's so many flavors. There's so many toppings. Right. There's all these different things. I know you do a regular family outing to racetrack, the gas station, yes. to the yes. Swirl World. Tell us what that is like. Swirl World. So yeah, <laughs> uh, if you've never been to Swirl World, there was a there was a really dark period of human history that was like 2014 to 2016 when Noonan had seven different frozen yogurts. I remember yogurt. this. There was a lot <laughs> so of We had the like... mix and... Uh, Yogli Mowgli. Yogli Mowgli. And there was another, there was a whole bunch, and there were multiple locations. Like the original TCBY. I don't know if you remember yes, that. They were all yes. kind of spin off of that. And so you could go and get soft serve frozen yogurt, and it's, it's self serve, and then you can put as many toppings as you want in. Swirl World at Racetrack. They have that, and uh, my experience with Swirl World, I'm sure is a lot like that video that started this episode. Right. My kids are cramming that thing full oh. of toppings. Oh, mine are too. Yes. Well, one of mine. My other one just wants a bucket of gummy bears, but <laughs> he doesn't need dairy. So. He's, he's, he, he's already tricked the system up. I could spend five bucks on a, on a package of gummy I bears. I the small container just Two and a half high. bucks. With just a right. thing full of gummy bears. But my bears. other child is like looking Fun at all life, the options. <laughs> he he's walking to that register. Jasper. Yeah, just Jasper walking up, sunglasses, leather jacket, Swag candy cigarette, gummy. sitting outside. With his gummy bears. <laughs> with his yeah. gummy bears. I, I work the system. Yeah. Is Jasper in Greece in your mind? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah, that's yeah. his entire life. So anyway, go ahead. So one kid's all about gummy so bears. So one kid's all about gummy bears. The other one comes in and carefully looks at all of his options. Now, some kids I watched come in. I mean, we literally got barreled over by a family of four. It wasn't your family, but other kids that couldn't get to those toppings fast. Oh, My 100%. child's a little more cautious, but then he carefully selects the ones he wants and then loads them up. Yes. All right, onto it. But these kids that were there were just looking at all the toppings. They didn't really even care what kind of ice cream was underneath, I don't yes. think. But they were just scooping over here. I mean, they'd scoop the Oreo cookie from over here and the Oreo cookie from the other side. They had yeah. two containers, but it was like they were different. They're different. You got to get the two. And my kids will do the orange sherbet with the uh, Oreo Which crumbs on top. Disgusting. It is disgusting. But they like the color of the orange and they love chocolate. And I appreciate that. And then they sit there, they're like, it's good. I love it. Okay. You know, so. But I I think that's the nature of it. You know, I have to tell my kids, there is a limit to what you can put on this because when you're walking to the cash register and there's a disgruntled employee behind you watching as the toppings fall to the ground and they're like, I'm gonna have to sweep that up Yeah, later. and you're gonna now walk back and get napkins that you forgot and yes. it's pouring over their hands yep. and it's kind of a disaster, right? And I think, as we know, it's only children who cram their, their... Oh, adults never do. Yeah, yeah. And not just with <laughs> ice cream, but really what I think we wanted to talk about, and really the theme for this episode, is uh, how we cram full our lives. And I think in particular, I think all of us 
are guilty of this. If I had to go to what are the top sins in America, I think a lot of people think about lust and anger and these things. I think greed is number one, and I think busyness is number two. And we don't think of busyness and hurry as being a sinful thing, other than the fact that uh, in the Ten Commandments, which everyone apparently wants to post everywhere all the time, one of them, right smack in the middle, is to keep the Sabbath holy, to have a day where you don't work and you just rest. Which is God saying, slow down. Slow down. And uh, I've heard many a pastor say this, but I think it's true, is the only one of the Ten Commandments that a pastor would not only not get fired for not keeping, but might get a pay raise for not keeping, (laughs) is is not keeping the Sabbath. That if you are willing to work seven days a week and you are productive, everyone in America goes, man, that's a person. That's a person. Because we think of, we think of, it being sinful, and it is to some degree to be slothful and lazy, but what we've categorized as lazy is if you are not crammed full with activities and things going on, you are somehow, uh, you know, we even say idle hands are the devil's playthings, right? right? And then I always think, well, then Jesus had lots of devil's playthings because Jesus apparently seemed to have lots of times where he would go off and be by himself and not be out healing people. Right, or just waiting and watching. Yes, and just sitting and watching things happening. And so there seems to be in our culture as as human beings, but then I think when we become parents. Oh, it's. I mean, we take what we've already have on yes. our lives and our desire for not just busyness, but more of everything, opportunity, yes. and, um, you know, we all want more time, we want more opportunities, we want more money, all these things yes. that are, they are connected, yes. and we go, with our kids, we go, okay, well, now here you are, now I've got to fit you into that, and I'm yes. going to make all these things for you too. So I've got, as a parent, I don't want to miss any chance or any opportunity to set you up right. with every opportunity or every everything you could possibly do in your life. Um, well, yeah, I don't want you to miss out on anything. And I think, once again, there's a good desire that's right. in that, which is uh, out of love for my child, I want them to grow and to be able to, to choose and what I think we hope is God's path for their life, the way that Absolutely. God uniquely shaped them to be. And because you can't always see that with like a with a two-year-old, you don't see how is God shaping them and you want to set them up for every opportunity. So it starts as maybe a good desire, but as with all things, the um the enticement of greatness. Oh, right. Right, as we've been talking in this podcast, comes in, and I believe it's really uh the enemy uses this good desire, twists it, and says, what you need is you can have it all. Your yeah. kid can have every opportunity. You can load up the Sunday cup of your life with right. as many toppings as you well, need. Well, you have just made a charcuterie board for your child yes. of all the opportunities. And so what does that look like, Molly? I mean, I know the temptation for us as parents is I don't want them to just play baseball. I want them to play baseball and do piano, and to do uh, dance class, and to be in beta club, and to learn, because I don't want to limit their options. I want every opportunity open to them. And sometimes as a parent, especially with young children, or when they're starting to do things, you want to give them a little sprinkle, so to speak, of different things to kind of see... What, what sticks? They like, what what do you sticks? Like? And 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 that's normal to do a few things. And I even here think there. there's a a healthy level to saying, let me do a little sprinkle here and there. Right. I think the trouble becomes with, so we sprinkle in baseball 
and they're 60% into baseball, and now they want to try piano, I don't say, well, then let's take some time off of baseball. Mm-mm. I say, well, let's keep doing baseball and let's add. And then let's add another never, topping on top of it. Right, that. and we just keep adding the toppings. When we're in reality, ice cream with one or two toppings is really quite good. Yeah, and then when you get to orange sherbet and it's got chocolate syrup and Oreos on top because the, they were there. Right, <laughs> and you can take the terrible ones off. Yes. And or I, the ones that just destroyed the good thing because you toppinged it with something that yes. really wasn't Good to begin with. And I think it comes back to this idea that really becomes, I think, pretty uh, insidious within us if we don't get it, is this idea that you can have it all really comes down to we don't want to be in touch with how finite our life is. Right. That I do have a limited amount of time on this planet. Right, because if we don't have a limited, in in our minds, we we have huge opportunity and time to get all these things. Yes. Cram it all in. I'm really thankful to be asked to be on the Not Great Parents podcast. Uh, There's a reason why I've been asked uh, to be on this podcast, because it was named after me. (laughs) I'm so proud of my sons and the adults they've become. Um, I have have this photo. It's a collage that hangs in my office. It's a collection of moments, and of course, we only take photos of the moments where everybody's smiling. I, of course, remember the story around some of these photos, and if you'd have captured the photo just a few moments earlier, (laughs) we were not all smiling and happy. I have so many memories at at my age that are good, but I also have a lot where I look back and I can remember the thought I had at the moment was, you are not a very good parent. In fact, you're failing at the one job you didn't want to fail at, which is being a dad. Now, I tell you that to give you hope not to make you feel like you might be messing up. Because I think often uh, the way we live when we're in the midst of pairing is that's the thought I have. And that thought that I'm messing up is just not all that helpful unless you change. And my goal here is to be as helpful as I can. And to do that in this short video, what I want to focus on with you is the opportunity of time. Uh, Time is one of the most powerful gifts God's given us as people, but it's an incredible tool for us as parents and grandparents to help our children for the future. Uh, There's a man named Reggie Joyner, and uh, Reggie's about my age, and he he was one of the leading influencers for Christians and raising children. Uh, And when he had a chance, when he was younger, to lead a children's ministry at a church, when it was parent dedication time, He would present the parents with a glass jar with a thousand marbles in it. Uh, The reason for the thousand marbles is that each marble represented a week uh, that you have as a parent from when your child is born to 18. The the actual number is 936, but thousands close enough. You know, we use the phrase spending time. It's, It's a really rich phrase when you think about it because it reminds you that your time's valuable, it's something you spend, And once you spend it, you can't get it back. So think about it. Spending time with kids and teenagers is one of the most important things adults can do. Seriously. If your dad, mom, grandparent, guardian, whatever, and you're watching this, I already know kids are a priority in your life. And we know they have some basic needs, but what you do with the time you have matters 
about as much as anything else. So Reggie would give these young parents these marbles to represent the time that they have. And 9.36 seems like a lot when you get that baby. And I know in parenting, some days seem so long. But as an old guy, I'll tell you, the, the years, they move by really fast. For example, one of my sons has a 10-year-old now, my granddaughter. And at 10, we've already lost more than half our marbles. Just over a 400 left to go. Only 300 or so until she'll be driving a car. And after that, only a few summer vacations before she probably moves out. Now, I expect you'll still be around, but it's not gonna be the same. And when you look at it that way, well, it's hard not to get emotional. And there's this principle. When you see how much time you have left, you tend to get way more serious about the time you have right now. And that principle grows right out of a passage from the Bible that's thousands of years old. Um, Moses actually wrote this, he said, Teach us to number our days that we might gain a heart of wisdom. That's from Psalm 90, uh, verse 12, if you want to look it up. No, I, I'm not trying to depress you. I'm just trying to illustrate how fast it really goes and maybe to raise the bar just a little bit on what happens with your kid and you this week. Whether you have a one-year-old or a 15-year-old, every week you're losing your marbles or you're losing your weeks. But don't think of it as a negative, it's not. Because if you're really clear on the time you have, you find that, well, you start playing for keeps. And if you get really focused on what really matters, you'll see that every week that passes, you aren't spending a week. You're investing that time in your children and you're making history. And I know, I know, I, I, I do that you have a lot going on and it's easy to get focused on just the moment. But don't let the moment take you away from the fact of what really matters. You've been entrusted with one or two or more of God's most prized possessions, his kids. And he believes that you're the one that should spend your time investing in them. And when you remember that his goal for them is the same goal that he has for you, that we would all become people who love him with our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and that we would love people in the same way, that we'd be witnesses to the kingdom of God that's available to people on earth right now, well, you find you start playing for keeps. And with every week that passes, every marble you lose, you, you start making history. You're increasing your sphere of influence in the life of your child as you hope they'll see your good works and they'll glorify your Father in heaven. I said it a few minutes ago, I wanted to give you some hope. I was not a perfect dad. I, I don't know if you noticed it yet, but all of us when we become parents, we don't get a manual with each child and so you just try to do the best with what you have. and. What you have is a collection of things you got from your parents and other adults that built into you and some things you picked up that no one gave you, but that you knew for sure you wanted your kid to have them. And no matter how hard you try, there are just days when you don't get it right. 
but you keep on trying because that's my son. She's my daughter. I don't want them to know life as it can and should be. And so you keep investing, you keep spending time each week showing what really matters by growing spiritually yourself, loving God yourself, loving his people yourself. And the good news is God is at work. The God who loves you will take your best efforts and he will change you and he will bless your child as you lose your marbles. One day when Jesus and his disciples were traveling from village to village, a woman named Martha opened her home for Jesus and his disciples to stay. This woman and her sister Mary would go on to become close friends with Jesus and their brother Lazarus would be the focus of one of Jesus' most famous miracles. But on this day, Jesus has not come to raise the dead or perform a miracle. He's come to rest and to eat and to enjoy the company of his friends. Now, in a high hospitality culture like ancient Israel, there were a lot of expectations of what a person had to do to be a great host. So probably from the time Martha was a young age, she had been taught the many things that she must do whenever a person visited her home to make them feel honored and welcome. These expectations were things Martha probably felt like she must meet in order to make her guest feel appreciated and valued. I don't think it's vastly different from the laundry list of things most parents feel they must do and their children should be involved with and succeed at in order to set them up for their best future. Some of this activity might be driven by vanity and pride, but much of it's just led by love. So on this day, Martha is being a great host. She's busying herself, making preparations for these unexpected guests, and she wants them to feel honored and valued. But there's a lot of things that need to be done, and her sister Mary, she's not helping her at all. Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet, listening to his stories and his teachings. She's off pretending like she's one of his disciples, like she's left her sister to do all the work. So one author of Jesus' life, Luke, tells us that Martha comes to Jesus and she says, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. It's like, Jesus, do you see all the dishes in the sink? You see the beds that haven't been made? There's food to be cooked. There's a room to be prepared. Someone has to go get water and ask our neighbor for some extra supplies. And it's getting late and there's not enough time in the day for me to do this all by myself. Now, how many of us can relate to this as parents? On top of a busy work schedule and the groceries that need to be bought and the homework that needs to be done and the cleaning that someone has to do and the bills that have to be paid, Plus, I've got multiple kids who have multiple activities and their own schedules and their own expectations. And then I've got friends and family members who want to spend time with us. And I've got goals and ambitions of my own that I want to fit in as well. Plus, I'd like some downtime to just watch TV or read a book or take my spouse out on a date. And this just feels like the bare minimum sometimes that needs to be done. So if I'm going to be a great parent, there's a whole list of stuff for my kids that I don't even have time to think about. It just feels like there's not enough time in the day to get all of it done. And then come and sit down with Jesus and spend some time with him. I mean, who has time for that? 
So Martha seems pretty reasonable when you think about it, but Jesus responds. And I think he does so with this compassionate smile. He says, Martha, Martha, you're worried, you're upset about so many things, but only few things are needed, or indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. He says, Martha, I'm not saying all these things don't matter, or that you don't have good intentions for wanting them to get done, but only a few things are really needed. In fact, just one. And it's what Mary has chosen. Mary has chosen me. And Martha, what you've chosen, it's fleeting. It's temporary. It's not that it doesn't matter. It's just that it doesn't last. But what Mary has chosen, see, I will never be taken away from her. So it's like Jesus once said, so don't worry saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things, well, they'll be given to you as well. Now, you don't have to follow Jesus very long to know that he isn't saying, if you follow him, you're gonna get everything you want. Jesus is just painting a picture of a life where what you desire most, what you prioritize, what you spend your thoughts and time and energy pursuing, is God and what He cares about. And a life lived with Jesus at the center is a life where you don't have to worry because you will have all that you need. It's a life where you already have what you desire most and everything else you get, it's just sprinkles. If it happens, well, that's bonus goodness coming from your Heavenly Father. I mean, can you imagine taking a child out for ice cream and watching them freak out as they count to make sure they've got the exact number of sprinkles that they wanted. I mean, you'd think, I mean, what's the difference between 70 sprinkles and 90 sprinkles? You have more than enough. And Jesus is saying to Martha and to each one of us, don't get so concerned about the sprinkles. All you really need is one thing, and I am always available to you. You know, I was going to pull it up here on my app. When you open Parent Q, which you can download Parent Q through that, it'll pull up. I have 487 weeks until my oldest daughter moves on to what's next, right. whether that's college or career or whatever it is. 487 weeks, which still, that sounds like a lot. It does, but if you had a thousand, if you had 400 and something dollars, would you feel like that was yes, a lot? Yes, exactly. So we really have less than a thousand weeks with our kids in those yes. in those years and and. Parent Cube does give you that. So Just every weekly time you, reminder. Every time you open it, it tells you right where you're at with them and the number of years. And it's scary because I have a five-year-old and a 10-year-old. And that when I look at the difference in numbers, yes. it really is sort of shocking oh, to me. Absolutely. And it makes me go, <gasps> and it makes me think, what is our priority? What are, what if, if I've only got this much time, how am I prioritizing it so that I know that we're, we're going after good, not great? Well, and I think the myth of this you can have it all myth of the sprinkles myth, right, right is that I don't have to choose. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where parents get the, the myth, the lie of it is I don't have to prioritize, I can have it all. And me, me choosing to just keep adding to the schedule, keep adding to their activities, and really 
and and you'll see this when your when your kids get to the teenage years, when our kids get to the teenage years, and I just know this from being a youth minister, it's not just the way it's perceived by your your teenager is not just things they get to do, but things they have to do. It eventually right. becomes I still only do piano because that's what my mom. I don't even like piano, but my mom right. says that this is good for me. Or I don't really like beta club. Or I don't want to take two AP classes. I want to take no AP classes. But mom says that it, it's going to set me up for a better thing. And you look at it and you think as a parent, I was trying to give you every opportunity. I'm mm-hmm. trying to help you be great. Right. But what ends up happening is they feel like burdens and obligations as they go on. And I'm not even saying, because every parent I think knows this, I'm not saying you shouldn't have your kids do things they don't want to do. I'm not saying you shouldn't set standards and have expectations and obligations for your kids. Brushing your teeth is an obligation in my house. (laughs) My kids don't want to do it, but if you're going to be in my house, you're going to brush your teeth. Teeth that are brushed. But what I'm trying to say is, and I think this was the point Ed was making and Molly's been making, you only get, I only got $487. 487 right. weeks to spend with my kid. Do I want to use that? If you Because if you think of the weeks it's as capital. money, it's, it's capital. capital. I get to leverage and invest. Do I want that all to be on AP classes and uh, you know sports and these activities and experience I want them to have? Or are there better uses? And the feeling is I'm not prioritizing, but I think you are. I think right. you're prioritizing greatness and the opportunity, at least, for greatness. It's your budget. And if you put mm-hmm. all your money and all your budget over here into some something else, yes. you might not be putting it into what truly is what we know from God. The most important thing is to seek well, yes. Him first. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, what He says is right. Or another way to say that is His goodness, right. what He says a good life is. And it doesn't always look like a great life. And all these other things, mm-hmm. they'll be taken care of. And that doesn't mean, as we, we've already heard, that doesn't mean I get everything I want. Mm-hmm. But what it does mean is that these other things they really become additive to my life. It's not that everything I want gets added. It's that ev- these other things are additional things. They're sprinkles. Mm-hmm. They become that when, when I get clear that what I want for my kid is I want them to be good. I want them to love God and to love people and that to build up God's kingdom and to be invested in God's kingdom. Then if they get that and they happen to win the state championship, right. bonus. right. But if I get a kid that their greatest achievement in life is that at 16, they played on a team that won the state championship. And but what? yes, but they have, it, it is the equivalent, and they have nothing invested within them in goodness, in God's kingdom, in, 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 in God's righteousness. Then it really is what Jesus said of gaining the world. And if the world is a state championship, okay. But you lose your soul. You lose what's most critical to you. Right. And so, Molly, I was wondering as we've been talking about this, what do you think is the fear that parents have? I think we know this. I think we know in the end, like when Mm -hmm. I get quiet, and maybe that's part of the reason we don't ever think about it is because I'm so busy I don't get quiet enough. Often. I know that whether my kid took one AP class or no AP classes and three AP classes— when they're 35, they're not going to go. The greatest regret of my life is that I did not take AP history too. I can't. I, I, I know I took a 
some a sprinkle of them here and there. Right. I have no idea which ones I did. Well, and there's no, and there and there really isn't like. I mean, I guess these super upper echelon colleges, but the majority of colleges are like, you know, you took one AP class when you could have taken seven. We don't like your money here. Yes. <laughs> we won't take your money. I mean, maybe right. colleges maybe aren't interested in money, but I assumed they- Pretty sure they are. Yeah, they, they, they go, whether you've had one AP class or seven, they're like, hey, that dollar amount is the Here same. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we'll take you in. We'll so take you. I think we know that if we get quiet, mm -hmm. but there still is that fear of, but what if I'm wrong? It's, it's the same of, it's FOMO. It's FOMO yeah. of, it's not necessarily the fear of, um, you know, I didn't get to be at this activity, but it's the fear of I missed out on an opportunity for my kid because I was wrong. Right. And honestly, so what? Yeah. <laughs> honestly, it, like you said, is that one thing going to matter for their whole life that they that that one great thing that yeah. that the world has said is great and imperative to their well-being is that really what is going to matter because the goodness of god mm -hmm. if you build that in through their whole lives is going to continue to flow out of them beyond yes. the ap class so to well, speak well and doesn't it change what you value haven't you seen as you've grown in your faith as i know as i've grown in my faith mm -hmm. The things I care about change. It's not just my behavior changes and my no. character. The things I care about change. There was a period of my life that, I mean, seriously, where I was very considering I've got a, I'm, I had a band, a high school band, and right. I was the dude that thought I'm gonna get a van and we're just gonna travel the country and I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. I didn't even think I'd be very famous at it. I thought I can do this enough to make a living at it for 15 right. years. It'll be the best thing in my life. Now I was also dating a woman at the time who said to me, as I'm graduating high school and I start, we start talking about marriage, she goes, she goes, I'm not getting in a van with you and your stinky friends and driving <laughs> around the country. And I had to go, what do I care about you her? Wait, what's my priority in that yes. moment? You go, wait a minute, what is the priority? And, and there are times, there are times as an adult that I go, man, I wonder what that would have been like. That uh -huh. probably would have been cool. That would have been a cool thing. But as I've grown in my, obviously my love for my wife, these children that we mm -hmm. have, that that would not have just been possible in the way that it's happened. When I look at uh, when I look at what I'm able to do through the church and my relationship with Christ that I know because of my personality and my love of greatness. I mean, mm -hmm. when we talk about good, not great, Ooh. we're talking about me. These are things I yeah, need to hear. I mean, it's something we all, I, I have the same thing. I mean, and I look back and I go, that would not have grown in me. And I don't know if I would value, and I, 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 it scares me to say, I don't know if I would value my children as much as my potential career had I not given up this pursuit of what I thought would be great. And I know other people listen and go, dude, you would have never even been able to make it out of the state in that van. But I saw it at the time as really, this was a potential and I missed out on it. And I know that's what parents are afraid of, at least I'm afraid of is, is my kid gonna look back and go, why didn't you push me harder to, to pursue soccer? You know, you put me in it when I was five or six, and then, I, you know, you 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 said, well, we're going to stop that activity to go do things. Why didn't you push me? I could have been the next Mia Hamm, or I don't right. watch current soccer, but <laughs> whoever the current soccer. female soccer player that's a great one. Uh, <laughs> but my point is, I'm risking it on the hope, and this is what I've told my wife, because my biggest priority is Jesus and his church. That I that I my, my, I'm risking everything on my daughters will fall so in love with Jesus and His church that they will look 
at whatever thing that they felt like, oh, maybe you should have pursued that more, that they will look at it as sprinkles that fell on the ground at racetrack and gone, but look at all the other sprinkles I had. Right. Why am I counting sprinkles? Right. Exactly. You know? I look at my life growing up and and I had parents that were had us very, very, very involved in church. It was a non-negotiable, it was a priority for us, but we also had a lot of sprinkles. Yes. And so I got to a point in my life at the time I went to college where it became a little bit like, let's focus on the sprinkles. And off I went to college. Yeah. And my parents were kind of okay with that. Yeah. And I focused on all the sprinkles. I mean, literally, I stirred them up and made a yeah. big old mess of things. And then I wanted to not have all the sprinkles, and I wanted to seek God. And I right. and I moved here to Georgia, married my husband, and we made that a priority in our life. And it was very interesting dynamic, and with my family, especially mm-hmm. with my parents, who had confused me quite frankly growing up of this is one priority and then all of a sudden we're going to shift to this other Mm -hmm. one and you go and do all the sprinkles and then now we want you to come back to this one it was very confusing to me and had it have been consistently you know consistently seek god first Mm -hmm. i think that i might not have bounced around in all the sprinkles so much well and i think the hope is and this is the hope i think that everyone has you hear our stories of oh i was pursuing the sprinkles and, and and but I came back to Jesus. I think that's what everyone's thought is is well that's what youth is. Youth is about yeah. you you're going out and you're living for the sprinkles and one day they're going to come back. What we have now just seen for the last 20 years of statistics, people get lost in the sprinkles. People get lost in these additional things and they don't they're not coming back to Jesus. There may have been a period of time that that was true that people kind of leave the church and they yeah. go off um, and, you know, when I was in st- doing student ministry, the statistic was uh, nine out of 10 kids who grow up loving their youth group and involved in their youth group, nine out of 10 by the time they're 22 have completely walked away from right. faith. And the hope was, well, you'll get back about five of those. But the statistics have now said you're getting back one out of those nine that leave. Mm-hmm. And I came back, but it. It's, I, I'm, an, I'm an anomaly. Yes, and most point. of my, I can tell you this, I had a group of close friends that grew up in this church, about 10 of them, and I'm about I'm one, and I got one other guy who sort of is involved in church, but I'm the only one that is regularly attending mm-hmm. a church. Um, and it's just the nature of it. And so I think, I think the importance that we're trying to get to here is it's not that you don't ever get sprinkles. I still get to do a lot of things with music that I love. Sprinkles are not terrible. <laughs> yes, and there was even a period. A few sprinkles. Well, yes, and there and you'll see as your kids. I, we're not saying don't ever sprinkle in. It's it's Bible study when you get home, and it's prayer time, and everyone's no. fasting on Thursdays. It's not. <laughs> it's not. This is not what we're talking about. Not in about. my house. It's not. No. I have, child, I have kids that are yes. at this age. I have a child that plays baseball. Right. We have boundaries and prior. You know that yes. that reinforce our priorities. He actually does play piano too, but yes. is it all consuming? No. Right. And if those things start to take our mind off of seeking right. the kingdom of God, then those things are what goes. Well, and or what gets adjusted. So exactly. that way, you know, we're we're gonna dial back on those sprinkles to and keep I, it in the cup. <laughs> and I think it's important. What I would just want to say to every parent is stop counting the sprinkles. Yeah. Because your kid is not going to look back on their ice cream cone of a life and go, I only got 72 sprinkles and I could have gotten 103. If they are, you'd go, what is wrong with you? Why are you even counting the sprinkles? Enjoy the ice cream. Right. Eat the ice cream cone. Why are you counting them? But I think we think I got to count to make sure they're keeping up with everyone right. else. Yeah.
And what I think we would want to say is stop counting the sprinkles. Stop counting them. All right, girls, so we got Kylie, Lexi, and Corinne here, and I'm gonna set before you a beautiful ice cream. Is it beautiful? Yes. Yes. We have Kevin, we have Jonah, Destiny, and we have little Miss Harley here, and we're gonna play a game. And the first thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna set before you an ice cream. How does that ice cream look? Good. It looks good? Does it look tasty, Harley? No. <laughs> do you like ice cream? Yeah, do you like I pink? Huh? I want it at home. You want it at home? All right, so I'm gonna let you guys have some of this ice cream, okay? Okay, but here's what I need for you to do. I need you to tell me exactly how many sprinkles you have because a perfect ice cream has the exact right amount of sprinkles, right? So, how are we gonna figure this out, Heaven? What you gonna do? Yeah. You don't know. What are you gonna do, Jonah? What should we do? Hmm, he's got his thinking face on. I'm probably gonna look at him and just guess. You're gonna guess? Well, here's the thing. I know exactly how many sprinkles are on this ice cream. What? I do. <laughs> yeah, some of it went on the table. 10. 10? I'm at 20. 10? 20. 20. No. 20? Well, what are you gonna do? I mean, if you're gonna figure it out, how are you gonna figure 30. it out? 30. There's 50 on there. 50? Are y'all gonna count them? Why not? It's too much work. Too much work? But it's ice cream. We gotta make sure we have the perfect ice cream, right? Before we eat it. it has no. to be perfect before we eat it. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be perfect? Are y'all gonna count them? No. No, why not? That, that is too many sprinkles to count. But you want the ice cream, don't you? You can't have the ice cream if you don't tell me how many sprinkles are on it. Because we gotta know it's a perfect ice cream. It's, it can't be perfect. Why not? Nothing is. Nothing's perfect. You give up? <laughs> 70. 70? That's quite the guess. Wait. Oh, there goes Kylie. She's counting. She's counting. You're give her a second. Not. No, you're not. You're not going to do it. I need 30 on there. <laughs> so, what's our final guess here? 50. 115. 115. That's pretty good. All right, so what's y'all's final guess? 60. 90. We are all in unison here. What do you think, Dustin? A hundred. Okay, all good guesses. All good guesses. There's it? actually 117 sprinkles. Ah! <laughs> I'll tell you what, there's 117. So you're pretty close, Jonah. You were very close. Yeah. But guess what? Because y'all were so, y'all did such a good job and let you all have some ice cream anyway. Yeah! You want some ice cream, Harley? No? <laughs> So I've been swimming since I was six years old and what really got me to start was is my older sister had already started to do it and she invited me and kind of encouraged me to kind of start my own sport when I was that age. And I really just love swimming from the aspect of being on a team and just being really encouraged. I feel like encouragement is a key aspect of kind of like going through and like accomplishing your goals in swim. It definitely takes dedication. Like you definitely have to be dedicated and you have to listen to like the corrections that you need to be made. Like if someone tells you like, oh, hey, you need to fix this or that something is wrong, like you need to take that into consideration and put it into practice and do it every single time you're at it and not just in that moment. So when I was 15, my new coach that had just came, she um, told us that she had this new group that she wanted to start and it was called Platinum. 
and it was gonna be like really intense and like you had to be like very dedicated. So we practice eight times a week. We practice at five in the morning before we come to school and then we go to school and then we come back at night and we practice again for another two hours. And we do that twice a week and then we also have like workouts and like exercising out of the water. We go to like a lot of swim meets every weekend and it's just like a lot of dedication, taking time out of school, sleep, homework, and just, it takes a lot. Like you have to sacrifice a lot to do that. And I said yes. I was very hesitant at first. I was, I did not think I was gonna be able to do it. So when I got invited to this group, my parents wrote this contract for me. They didn't even tell me that they wrote me this contract. We were kind of still like on the fence about whether I was gonna do it or not. And they did it when I wasn't home. And so when I got home one night, I think it was after work, they gave me this, they let me read over it. And it's basically a detailed outline of my schedule, of my Monday through Sunday schedule of how I was going to be at swim practice, be at school, be at work, and be at church. And it was just kind of like, oh, you're gonna be at practice from five to seven in the morning, you're gonna go to school, and you're gonna do homework in between that, and then you're gonna go back to practice, and then you need to be in bed by 8.30 to go to morning practice, because I had to get eight hours of sleep. That was one of the requirements, because they wanted me to stay healthy. I also, we have swim meets a lot, and we have one about probably twice a month, and I have to be at church. I can only miss church once a month to go to a swim meet on a Sunday, and then if I fail to do any of that, then I was gonna have to get moved down to one of the other groups that practices less. My reaction was, is I didn't think I was gonna be able to do it. Cause like I would get home, I get home from practice on Tuesdays at like 7.15 and I was gonna have to be in bed by 8.30 and I still have like homework and stuff like that. So I had to like prioritize like how I was gonna get my homework done and be in bed on time. And that was definitely difficult at first. I, def I never thought I was gonna be able to do it, but I figured it out. So I now feel that this contract definitely it positively changed like my swimming like I definitely think if this contract did not put boundaries on like what I can and can't do I definitely would not be where I am in my swimming career like I had never considered swimming in college until like my new coach came and we started this intense schedule and like my time started going down and I'm currently looking into D2 colleges to swim I never thought that was going to be possible so in my contract since I have to be here three out of the four Sundays a month I go to my small group. I try to go to service every every Sunday that I'm here. Sometimes it's very hard and I can't. But I'm always here for small group and I'm and we always do like our stuff sometimes outside of small group. I always make sure I'm at those. And I've definitely developed a relationship with my small group leaders and my the other members of my small group. We've definitely I feel like we are definitely like a very close group and I do love that. So prior to hearing Ava's story, I, even myself, thought, you know, some of that stuff feels very limiting that they've put in yeah. place. It's very, it is practical. I mean, there yeah. are things that are um, really, you know, tools that they've used as a family and to help Ava. But I guess even as a parent, I heard it and went, ooh, is this yeah. going to limit her in some I think ways? that's the fear is, I think the fear is if you say, I put limits and boundaries around what my kids can do mm -hmm. and, and, and what, or what I'm saying they need to do, uh, that they will become resentful of me sure. or that they'll miss out on something. But my favorite part of that towards the end is one, hearing Ava herself say, 
you know, these boundaries actually made me more focused and better. I at, loved that. Yeah, at this thing that I, I want to pursue. It also, when she said, and now I'm considering, hey, I'm, I may actually swim in college. The kind of things I think parents look at and go, that's what I want. Yes. That is what I want. But what she's able to say is it actually was this act of prioritizing that what matters is that I go to church. You know, that, mm -hmm. like, as she said, that I, if, I, if I'm going to miss church, I only do it once a month right. instead of two or three times a month whenever there's a swim meet. Or she says, you know, sleep, my, my health. That's what she said. She right. was, my parents said my health is a priority. So I'm going to make sure I get to bed on time. That for a child to, and I mean, she's not a child, but as a child of a parent, right. <laughs> as, a, as, as, as a minor, for her to be able to look and say, my parents put these limits on my life and they were life-giving. Right. They helped me become the person that mattered. And it didn't limit from whether I'm going to choose to continue this and whether she does or not, no one knows. Right. But she can still see, oh, I can now do this in college. This could help me in my career. But now she's doing that with the firm foundation of my health matters and Jesus matters. Right. And, and there are probably people on her swim team with her that actually had the same goal of potentially swimming in college, and they may be right where she's at, yeah. but they did not put those other, the, there was no yes. structure and boundaries to make sure all those other things were in place. And yes. those things are given to us directly from, from Jesus, that yes. you know, these, are, these are the things that matter. And those other things can happen. Yes, they can be added to yeah, it, added but they to are it. not the goal. The right. goal is that I become a person who can love God, love my neighbor, and what we often forget is, and love myself. That my that my, I, I'm healthy, mm -hmm. and that I'm taking care of myself, and I'm taking care of these things. But we as the parents are the ones, when our kids are you know, under 18, we get to set those boundaries, and that's how we enforce the priorities. Now, we can't make our kids choose our priorities. Ava may choose as an adult that she goes, you know, that, that Jesus thing, it was important to my parents, it's not to me. That may be true, but what she can't say is, hey, it didn't really matter to my parents. My right. parents said church my mattered, but they still let me go to swim meets three three Sundays out of the month. Mm -hmm. my, no, my parents said, hey, it matters to us. We want it to matter to you, and we're going to use the influence and control we have, which are these boundaries, right. to enforce that. And when you're an adult, I hope you choose it. I hope you see that these boundaries are life-giving. Right. Maybe you won't. And when you have kids, I mean, let's be real. Those boundaries are sometimes easier to put in place when they're younger, especially things around, <laughs> you know, you control the schedule, you do that. But it's not, your kid doesn't hit 13 and, and you're, it's a lost cause. Of course. You have the ability to continue to influence that along the way. Well, especially in the case of this particular case, which is why I want to show it is, when my child needs a parental signature to do something, mm -hmm. that is influence and control I have. I don't get to control every part of their life like I did when they was when yeah. they were three, but I get to control my action, which is I'm only gonna sign this and allow this, you know, you need parental consent. I will only consent if you hold up this end of the bargain. And that's the kind of influence you get to have because what Ava could have said was, well, no, then I just won't do the thing, but I'm also not gonna do all these other things. And you know I, what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And I love that they put it in writing. That is such a priority to them as a family. Yes. That when they as parents said, okay, let's do this and let's do this. Let's have a contract with each right. other. It wasn't a huge shock to her because the things that they valued were things that they had 
said all, all along. So, and they knew this. So they knew that, and she knew it. So we we always leave with, with, an, assignment. with an assignment for you yeah. guys, and it's an assignment for us, too, even yes. though we've, we've already talked through it. But, but we want you to take a look at your priorities, and we want you to say, what are my family's top three priorities? And I don't want you to pick things you think they should be. Yes. Let's Let's be real and let's say, in my current state today, yes. <laughs> what are my family's three to four top priorities? So, yep. Well, which are the only real priorities. Right. Going back to the idea that you can't have beyond everything. Beyond that, the sprinkles, we don't, we don't want to know about the sprinkles. Like, well, and you can't. We I think the idea the is, here are my top ten priorities. You don't have ten priorities. You have three priorities, and then you have things that matter to you. Right. That's it. Absolutely. And, and so we really want to focus on... What are those top three? And and the and way I think you see it real. is, yeah, what are the things that you are willing to sacrifice the lower things for? And so like an example is, and my kids know this, this idea of priorities and boundaries, it's a huge deal in my family. Mm-hmm. And so our kids know for me and Jennifer, and we get to set them for the family, but for me and Jennifer, my, my top three priorities are Jesus and his church. Mm-hmm. And I tell them that, and I don't mean my job as a pastor yep. church. I mean... When I follow Jesus and I love him, that means I love his people. So I have brothers and sisters that I am committed to doing life with and doing ministry with. So number one in in our home is Jesus and his church. We sacrifice nothing Nothing, nothing, nothing. I should say, before that. yes, we won't sacrifice Jesus for anything else. The mm-hmm. second thing, and we'll probably have to do an episode of this, is my wife is number two for me, not my children. My wife, and we say that. In fact, we were riding in the car the other day, and I said something about I, uh, and even small things. So this is like an example. When we go to the movies, we go to the movies a lot as a family. It's a big deal for us, and we have little share trays for the popcorn. I've always made a deal that the very first popcorn, mommy gets the first Right. Gets the first share tray. Mommy gets the first one. And my kids, you know, because when you're little kids, it's, oh, get mine first. Get mine first. first. Oh, yes. I got this. And, you know, everyone's <laughs> vying for the position. I said, no, mommy gets first. And they go, oh, that's right, because mommy comes first. And as a dad, what's important for me for these daughters right. is you need to get a husband who puts you first, who right. puts or who puts Jesus and the church first, and then puts you, and then you're what's the most important person in front of him. And then they know that, that she, I mean, that they are okay. number three. And then everything and everyone else are sprinkles. Mm-hmm. And so we even say, and, and, and that includes, they can we say. They important to you, but they are, they are not. Yes, because we say, and we even say, and they know, mama and papa, who we love, they are sprinkles. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what I mean by that is we may not get to see mama and papa every week. We may not get to have a, a long time just focused with mama and papa every single week. But we are never going to have a week that we, we are not involved with the church. That we are not that mommy and daddy don't talk to one another. That mm-hmm. that you you you're I don't talk s- to you as sisters. You're not going to skip Sunday morning church to go out to breakfast with mom and papa. Right. We're not going to miss out on these other. And it doesn't mean that those people don't matter to me. And it doesn't mean that these other things that I do, like going to the movies, those are things that are they matter to us as a family. We have these things, right. but we say these are the priorities. And so for us, they know. Sunday, as Audrey said mm-hmm. in our ep- uh, episode two, Sunday is non-negotiable for us. And there are Same family events that we have missed out on because we have put a boundary and we go, we don't do anything but church on Sundays. Mm-hmm. And so if you want us at this event, it's got to not be on Sundays. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying everyone needs to have that. That's the way we exercise our priorities. But it is clear to our kids right. 
Church is number one. And we also know mommy and daddy, that's why we have a bedtime. We have a bedtime because they know mommy and daddy need to have time every night where the kids aren't around and we get to focus on one another. And then for my girls, we have set aside time because I've had before. Hey, Friday, Friday morning or afternoon, depending on what the kid mm-hmm. wants to do. I have a daddy date every week with one of my girls. One of them. Because I want them to know you are a priority to me. I don't have that with other people who really matter to me in my life. But I, for and, if, and for this season, I think that's also important to say, for this season, that's a priority. And you have scheduled priority time with Jesus every morning. Which and is they know number, that. And they know that. Yes. So I think, you know, you really have to look at your life and you have to look and say, right now, what are my three priorities? What are the three priorities that drive my family and myself? And, and what am I going to sacrifice it. for? And then you can start to look at what are we going to sacrifice to get these priorities? And I, so I just want to say this. This is, this is my direct thing. Like Molly has already said, be honest about it. I, I want you to be willing to be honest and look at what am I sacrificing for? And if number one in your life is a sprinkle, if the thing that you sacrifice for, you say Jesus and his church is number one, but there are more Sundays you spend at the lake or there are more Sundays job. that you spend working or you even say you have put family as number one and we're not going to go to church. We're just going to cuddle on the couch. And that is church because we're and, we're and we'll read a Bible story just us together or you're at swim meets or ball practice, or whatever other thing is going on that you have chosen. I'm not putting Jesus in church for first. Or you say, hey, my wife is number two, but every every uh, every day I'm coming home at 9 o'clock at night and I have no time for her because I've been working all day. Put work up there mm-hmm. and be honest about it. And I'm not saying that's what it should be, but I want you to be able to look in the mirror every day and go, yeah, that is, is number one. Is. Yeah, because if we can't be honest about where it is, we're not going to be effective in making any change. And then if you put it, Jesus is number one, you need to start looking at your life. What am I currently sacrificing time that is supposed to be Jesus's time? And it's supposed to be time that I'm with the body. And it's supposed to be time that I'm with my spouse. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, because you may be a single parent, you don't have a spouse. And so the kids do come number two, but then you got to start questioning, is it is, is my goal in this season to find a spouse? And I'm not saying it should or it shouldn't be. What I'm saying is, is put it down and say, is that it? Or how am I prioritizing my time? I think these are important for every, and everyone's will look different. I'm not saying my three are the maximum three. Mine, I believe, are the right three for the family obligations. I did say to my wife, it's me and you forever. Mm-hmm. So she, outside of Jesus and his church, she is my number one priority. Yeah. And I don't get to choose the kids. I said, I'm going to love you forever, but you don't have to love me forever. (laughs) Oh, doesn't that hurt? Doesn't that stink? It's true, though. And I just think that, you know, everybody's list is going to look a little bit differently, especially if you're being honest about it. Yes. And your list today might look look different than it was six months ago. But write it for now and take a look at it and really spend some time thinking about what are my priorities. Yeah. So. So... Anyway, you can uh, find anything that you uh, we talked about today on Parent, Parent Q. Q. And if you're not currently using the Parent Q app and seeing those number of weeks that your kids that you have left with your kids, yeah. please do. If if that's all you do on there, yes. it is a great reality check for us as parents. So yes. thanks for being with and us. And questions. In. Oh yes, and absolutely, we have a form on there for you to send questions, and we want to know what you guys want to talk about. We, yeah. Um, 
you know, we're talking about things that we know are important, but we want to hear what you guys have going on too. So, and next week we have a mini episode. You get to see the guys from the Family Movie Night podcast. We're all oh, back. Right. We're back, and uh, we're recording. We got one for that. that I think it's going to be pretty good. And we even, if you want to send a question in and go, hey, here, I'm, I'm wanting to figure out how to talk about this with my kids. Can you give me some movie suggestions of things to watch it around the topic? We want to know that too. So you can use that same form, send it in. But yeah, I'm excited for next week's episode. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah. Well, have a good day. See y'all not great parents later. That's right. Not a great day, a good day. Bye, guys. <laughs>